It's the Shucks episode. Better late than never, baby. Recorded live in front of a studio audience in Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> I'm Alan Girding, and this is the Tuesday Night Podcast, episode 156. A couple things you need to know about the Shucks episode before we start. It was in this huge gaming arena. Just imagine exhibit hall, just like you'd see at Gen Con or Origins, but almost all of it was occupied by open gaming. Then there were some areas curtained off. Well, right next to the open gaming area is where our Shucks episode was recorded. So there's people playing games in the background. Woo! <laughs> but I really just want to thank Delton Brack for helping me edit this episode and his show, Malthouse Games. I want to thank TheGameCrafter.com for sponsoring this show. And I especially want to thank all the guests that took their time to come onto this paltry little show of ours. Guests were willing to possibly humiliate themselves on stage in front of a crowd of thousands of attendees for our episode. Standing room only, it's so crowded. What's the roster? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> We have Jennifer Aboli, a designer of a game that our guests will be playing, Tooth or Bear. My frenemy and assassin target extraordinaire, Lindsay Rode. That's right, we're doing an update on assassin this episode. Designer extraordinaire, big deal, Isaac Vega. Jonathan Ying, great guess, I hope to have him on a lot more. Justin Vickers and Alex Haig from Palm Court Games. They made Monica's baby! Mike Selinker, holy crap, that guy has been in the industry for a while, has done so many games, and has some hella awesome stories, one of which he shares. We have Philippa War, Pip, as you may know her from Shut Up and Sit Down. Efka, from No Pun Included. He jumped right from his event where his wife Elaine plays music while singing a song. And the panel has to guess what game the song she wrote is singing about. That was interesting. I was supposed to be on that panel, but I couldn't because I was doing this thing. So his panel ended, he hopped on over with Paul Dean. And I don't even know why I'm telling you what's going on in this episode, because you're about to listen to it. Pow, pow, America, pow, pow, in Canada. Pow, pow. <laughs> Let's make it official. Let's start this thing. Welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast. It's the podcast all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and even under the gaming table. And this is Shucks, so yay! I was told one good idea is to pander to your audience, so how is Shucks going? Yay! We have a whole bunch of guests coming up this special live Shucks episode. And it's Halloween time, so what I like to do traditionally is have them tell scary stories. But we have another option if they don't want to tell scary stories. And to help with that, I'm going to bring up Jennifer, a bully. Not sure if you know Jennifer, but we're going to get to know her. Hey, how's it going? Hi, great. So they teach us proper audio technique is to almost eat the mic. So the closer you get to eating the mic, the better. That's so delicious. There you go. Mm. Jennifer, where did we meet? Uh... Yes, we met at a gaming convention. Very good. 
Jennifer came up with a game which Tuesday Night Games is publishing, which is our company, called Toother Bear. Did you want to do an elevator pitch for Toother Bear? Uh, I should ask the audience, should we ever do an <laughs> elevator pitch for Toother Bear? It's a big deal. We don't publish that many games, so it's a okay. big deal that all we're right, publishing right. your game. Uh, we need a character, and we have an audience. What is it? A tooth? A tooth? Okay. A tooth. A tooth. I don't okay. know what a tooth acts like. You have a tooth. I'm making this so hard on you. This is, <laughs> I got it. I got it. I you got, got it? And yeah. so you have about a minute. Yeah, ding me, SPJ. Ding. Oh, man, I'm so tired of chewing. But you know what's really fun is truth or dare. Being in this mouth, I get to do lots of helping out with talking. When you're playing truth or dare, you get to do a lot of talking. Really, truth or dare sucks. Tooth or bear is a better version of truth or dare, where all the prompts are given to you, and they're fun. Like, here's an example of a dare. Give every other player a genuine compliment while looking them in the eye for sincerity. Ding, is that good? Yeah. Yay, thank you so much. One thing that we learned from Palm Court Games, the gents behind Monikers, probably the game that my game group plays the most, is that you have to really curate your cards, make sure that they're the best possible. And so Jennifer came up and just started playing this was it at XOXO? Was that where you're playing it? Uh, no, the first time I ever it was tried it was Kublacon. It was Kublacon. It's, who's been to Kublacon before? Have you been to Kublacon? Yeah, good three <laughs> of you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of small. It's in the Bay Area. But she pulls this out, put it on the table, and it's amazing fun because they're truth or dare cards that people would actually want to do. Yeah. So here's the thing. For all of our guests that were coming up, they've been given four truth or bear cards. You are to choose two of those you might be willing to do or you want to see someone do. Two of them you get rid of. In fact, what I'm gonna have you do, if you don't wanna tell a scary story, we'll shuffle up that deck and then we'll pull out two cards and then the audience gets to choose which one of the two our guests will do. How does that sound, all right? Does that make sense? Man, standing room only in here, whew, it is packed. I should say one last thing before we say goodbye. You're a knight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dame Yennefer. Dame Yennefer is what I call her. So thank you so much for the game. Hopefully we'll enjoy tonight. And thank you so much for being a knight and my friend. Yay. Yay. Thanks, Jennifer. Before we get on with the really special guests, I have to bring up my frenemy, Lindsay Road. Put your hands together for Lindsay Road. Come on up here. Every time I meet Lindsay, at a convention, we play a game called Assassin. Who here is familiar with the history of us? Look at all these people raising their hand. Assassin. Oh, wow. I haven't told anyone the results of Assassin. Have you told anyone the results of Assassin this time? Not, not today. Not today's Assassin. No. Today's Assassin. No, because people, I'm sure, want to know what has happened. But before we do that, for those of you that may not be familiar with the Assassin game. What's the assassin game, Lindsay? So the assassin game, um, it's very complicated. What you do is whenever you meet somewhere at a con or my favorite, airports, because it's really great to play this game at airports. It just looks really good at an airport when you're sneaking behind things, hiding, and then pretending to cut people's throats. But what you do is whenever you I think you're, you just gave it away when you cut people's throats. Yeah, you, so the game is you, you cut each other's throats. Clearly, we're immortal, so... You sneak around and you try to find each other and sneak up on them and then behind them. Apparently, you cannot shoot them in the chest with a reverse gun. You have to slit them across the throat 
just in case you guys ever play. It's a very important role well, that what disqualified happens, me one year. <laughs> what happens if one of us tries to sneak up to the other, but we both see each other? What is that? I don't know. It's never happened. It's a cat's game is what we decided, but it hasn't happened. It's never happened. So we've played this game probably, I would say it's almost 10 times now. Yeah, it's, what, three years of playing the game? Yeah, it's been a lot of years playing this game. Every time we ever meet anywhere, it becomes this mind game of who's going to be where and trying to trick each other. How have the results been so far? God damn it. The results are, to this point, I have lost 100% of the assassin Thank you games, very much. Except for one where it was a draw because he broke his leg during That's the right. assassin game and I was hiding in a phone booth for 30 minutes. She thought I was trying to trick her. Because I thought he was trying to trick me, but he had actually broken his leg and came out in a wheelchair like an hour later. Yeah, and then I, I said I'm bad. laid on. I've broken my, it was my uh, calf. I actually <laughs> tore my calf and it rolled up into my knee. I did too much exercise or whatever. Sorry, I didn't mean to gross you out. Point <laughs> is, I had to call her and say, listen, I don't think I can make it. Yeah. And she, Which I didn't is, realize by the this. Way, Part of the assassin game is sending each other messages and trying to set up situations in which you can assassinate each other. Right. So you don't trust any message you get during assassination because it's all a lie. Except for this time, it wasn't a lie. This time he actually needed my help, but I didn't come yeah. to help him. Yeah. She's in the phone booth. She looks out and she sees people actually pushing like, me in a wheelchair. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it because I didn't show up. Yeah. She's like, he, he's taking this a little too far with... I, did, I even... Yeah. That was the thing is... Even when you came up in a wheelchair and a flight attendant was pushing you, I still thought it was a trap. <laughs> I still thought you had bribed them and like paid them to just jump out of the chair and cut my throat. One of my favorite uh, assassinations was when it was at an airport and there were these old women, and I mean that because they had silver hair and they had problems walking, and their luggage containers were so big, they were on wheels, but they were just as tall as they were, and I actually... <laughs> snuck up behind because they were so big they couldn't see and I actually was <laughs> riding along on their bags and as they pushed me past Lindsay I just went yeah! <laughs> it was crazy I can't believe we haven't been banned from airports yet here's the thing I'm sure everyone wants to know about the Shucks update on assassination because this year right. you didn't make it to Shucks last year I don't this is my very first Shucks I get a message I'm saying hey uh, have you eaten breakfast yet when can we meet up and what is yeah. the response? Tell the story. I'm not responding because my phone isn't working for this game. But you're with someone. Who are you I'm with? with? I'm with Isaac Vega. Isaac Vega, our here. dear friend Isaac yes. Vega. Who knows about the game and was supposed to be watching my back. Before we meet, I always keep my back to a wall, but when I can't, like, say I'm in line for coffee, Isaac's supposed to stand behind me and just look the other direction. <laughs> As the years have gone on and each of these assassination attempts go on, more and more people are helping you and less and less are helping me because... <laughs> I have a three-year losing streak. The analogy someone used was, I've become a boss in Dark Souls, the video game, where it's <laughs> going to take all these attempts. And anywho, I get this message. We're eating breakfast at the Coal Harbor Cafe. Anyone know where that's at, the Coal Harbor Cafe? Yeah, oh, wow. Nice. So you're all... They all know where it's at. Yeah, hey. Guess who doesn't know where it's at? <laughs> so what do I do? I use Siri... Thank you, Siri, and say, Siri, directions to Coal Harbor Cafe. And do you know where it sends you? Ten blocks <laughs> against the harbor because there's Coal Harbor. I guess it moved at some point, and I'm thinking, this is such a trap, but I'm going to take advantage. What so, was there when you showed up? 
like an a empty rec warehouse. center. It was like a closed-down rec center or something <laughs> like, like that. It's like an abandoned building. <laughs> right. And so this is right before my first panel, too. So I'm running, and instead of going along the ocean, which is what you told me, not, is it the ocean? This is so naive. Thank you for the nods. Yeah, all right. You know, American, whatever. So That doesn't affect you. <laughs> Americans are horrible <laughs> at geography and knowing things. This is, this is a well-known thing. I'm not crazy. It, help, back me up. Am I right? Americans, like, yeah. Like, it's something crazy. Like, 30% of Americans don't realize New Mexico's a state. They think, it's a, they think it's a country. It's awful. Yeah, it's awful. Anyways, it's something ridiculous. I've heard it. It may not be true. Point is, I thought this was a trick, but I went around. This place is closed, and at this point, I'm realizing, crap, I'm going to be late. So I have to go ahead and sprint to my first event, sweating like crazy. And eventually, I get into the hall. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Did I find you and assassinate you? No. No, I did he not did assassinate not. Lindsay. But to tell the rest of this story, we're going to bring up the witness, <laughs> Isaac Vega. That's right. Isaac, come on in. This is my first loss at Assassin, and we had a very good witness for it. If you don't know Isaac, <laughs> Isaac, Plaid Hat Games, famous designer, obviously we all know you, love you. Here you they go, know. keep going. He prefers Mr. Vega. <laughs> okay. This is what I've discovered this weekend. Tell the story. So we were talking to Mandy, the board game pinup girl. Okay. <laughs> we saw you out of the corner of our eye, and it's like, oh crap, there's Alan. He's gonna get us. He, we were he convinced. Was like, he was like zipping around the, I'm, the I'm, event I'm hall. looking. I'm looking. He's I'm zipping around. Like he's like sneaking in the back behind shit. This is the cool <laughs> thing about these badges is they give you the magical ability to go through curtains. So, because normally yeah. everyone's walking around curtains. I'm like, no, oh, it's yeah. a, it says we special guest. And so I'm going <laughs> through the curtains everywhere. So obviously, through. obviously we think, oh, he know, he knows we're here. He's obviously mm. going to get us. But he doesn't know at all. <laughs> no, see. I sneak through the curtains because I also have one of these nifty badges. And you know what? I'm like, I want to play this fucking game. Why, yeah. why, By the way, why do I have to, to help game. Lindsay, who hasn't been able to do this at all <laughs> for years at this point? I'm going to get the kill. It's my turn to shine. And I sneak up behind him, bear hug him to death. Yeah. yeah. Scared the shit out of me, too. Scared the shit. So I've lost. Isaac now has, like, total third. Perfect record. 100% Perfect wins. Record. Ridiculous, too. It was one of those worst times where I'm looking like, I can't find them. Maybe they're, and I just had relaxed. And then my feet are off the fucking ground. I'm like swinging my feet around like, ah. And it's just, yeah, you're dead. And I don't know who it was. Someone was watching us. And they were just looking at us in horror. Like, what the hell is going on? This is press being This is definitely against the Shucks policy. And the thing that neither one of you guys saw, the thing that neither one of you saw because you were too busy being killed and killing was my face of horror when I realized that Isaac was going for the kill because like I was sneaking around and he was supposed to just distract, cover oh, for Lindsay. me. And then he went mm. in and I was like, no. <laughs> and then it was just despair. Poor sweet Lindsay. She'll never get the kill, Alan. Yeah, well, it's bittersweet. It's, it's bitter in that I finally have lost. It's sweet in that Lindsay has still yet to win. <laughs> we should probably bring up some other guests. So I thank you both so much for, again, everything.
Have fun. Audio cut. Put your hands together. Creator of Bargain Quest. Go through some of the roster really quick. <laughs> what are some of the games for which uh, you have credits? Because there's a lot. So, so uh, as fast as you can. Star Wars Imperial Assault, Doom the Board Game, Bargain Quest, Battle Lore, uh, Warhammer 40K Forbidden Stars, Nickelodeon Splatter. Alright, shut up. Anyway, so yeah, that's Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, hi everyone. Quick question. Shut up and sit down. Liked Bargain Quest. Hey, did that help Bargain Quest? Uh. <laughs> Yes, it actually helped a lot. You know, our initial print run was like pretty solid. It was a modest success. And we had like maybe 700 copies left that were going to get us through to our next Kickstarter, which was going to happen in like September or so. And it was like, I believe, June. Paul Dean sends me a Facebook message that morning. So, Jonathan, how are you today? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing really well. And he's like, that's good. And then an hour later, my phone just goes off the hook with emails saying, oh, a new order has arrived, a new order has arrived, a new order has arrived. And I'm like, what has happened? And I go to my YouTube and I see, oh, they reviewed Parker Quest. I hope it's good. We had sold about two copies a week, we'll say. Gotcha. After the review dropped, we sold 673 copies in 48 hours. Wow. Yeah, you don't get a lot of hard metrics on the shut up and sit down bump, but for yeah. us it like hit hard. Here's the one thing that I feel that, again, it's all about me. This whole <laughs> show is about me. Anyways, is that I feel like one thing I helped the shut up and sit down crew realize is the impact they have because when I told them the day you came out with your top games of all time and they gave Two Rooms and a Boom number four, that day... We sold more copies of Two Rooms and a Boom than we ever had, meaning that day we sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of copies of Two Rooms and a Boom. And when I told them, they're like, what? It was almost like they didn't realize <laughs> we have that much pull. And again, that was years ago. Yeah, so they, they still have, got the sauce. They, they do. They it's still have the crazy. Sauce. They got good taste, those guys, right? Like, we're not biased at all. No, no, really good taste. Trust them inherently. So, Jonathan, last time you were here, you did an amazing elevator pitch. We talked about the quick and the dead. That was in last year's episode. (laughs) This year, scary story, or do you want to go for the tooth or bear? Uh, My life is so pleasant, I think I'm going to have to go truth or bear. I don't, nothing scary ever happens to me in my, ever. Except for this, this is now scary. Go ahead, pick two. Okay. Hand them to me, I'll read one, you read the other. How's that? Okay. Here's the choices. You as the audience get to choose what Jonathan does. Keep in mind, one of the reasons I love this game is Jennifer wrote these cards, so unabashedly, it's written from her perspective, which I love. My parents are hippies who live in the woods, so of course I work for the man. How are you rebelling against your parents? How are you rebelling against your parents? What does yours say? In case I haven't figured it out, the points don't really matter in this game. When have I been overly competitive? Ooh. So, rebelling against your parents or overly competitive? Make some noise and raise your hand if you think rebelling against your parents. Wow, that was probably about 72 people. 72 people. All right, so audience and room only. Let's see. uh, Overly competitive? Overly competitive. What do you think? Uh, it's close. You know, it's really close. I think uh, that was 73. I think overly competitive. All right, yeah, let's go Overly forward. competitive. Overly competitive. Okay, well, let's see. I mean, I'm generally not a really competitive person, but I did play competitive Super Smash Brothers in really? high school. Yeah, yeah, I was a melee player. Like, Just with your friends, or did you actually go to tournaments? I went to tournaments. Well, wow. It was just with my friends, and I thought I was hot shit. And then mm-hmm. 
one kid who was like ranked number four in the in California or something came to our high school and we were like, yeah, you want to play Smash? They're like, yeah, okay, and just destroyed us utterly. And we were like, teach us your ways. And then he trained us all up and took us to tournaments. It was super cool. It became a whole thing. Six years later, I'm in college. I'm the best Smash player in our social circle by a fair margin. Like, I don't like to toot my own horn. I would I'm... hope so, because number one, you've been taught by the number four person. <laughs> and number two, you want to be. So I, did I not think want you're... to shame yeah, right. my, you're, my buddy. You've got a passion for it. Uh, Go on, sir. I then got invited to play Smash with some other, some group of like first years who were like, hey, we heard you were pretty good at Smash. We challenge you. They like came and challenged me. This is at the school? At the, in, in, my, in my college, right? Like, in your college? It, at college. Just like, I don't know, people were just, it was like in the winter, people were drinking or whatever. Were they all part of a fraternity? In my mind, there's like wind and tumble <laughs> oh, no. paper. I, I went to liberal arts school, we didn't have fraternities. Super Smash Brothers games were as intense as things got. Or like critiquing the historical accuracy of the film Troy was like a serious party at my college, Sarah Lawrence. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation because <laughs> I'm one of those people that loves that movie despite uh, yeah. it. So yeah, I know that's, but anyway. So I came into that, I was maybe less less sober than I have been at other points in my life okay. when this challenge came in. All right. And I was like, how dare you presume that you could beat me at this video game? And I like talked at more shit than I think I've ever talked to anyone in anything. I came at them and was like, tell you what, we'll do teams, we'll do three on one, all th like all of them fighting against me alone. <laughs> and I jumped off the stage for my first three lives. No. I, I was like, no, no, no give me a minute, up. give me a minute. I was like, I was doing this. And like, I kind of like tested them out a bit early on, like just kind of seeing how, how they did. And then I just destroyed them utterly. My partner likes to tell this part of the story because it makes me seem like an asshole to tell it. Right. But I'm gonna tell it. The whole time everyone's like, you know, super excited and they're having like a wacky time and it's like, oh, this is silly. But just the volume in the room just slowly dropped over the course of the game. Just, and you would just hear the sound of their bodies being crushed by my Falco spikes. <laughs> Falco, punch! I'm, 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 no, uh, Falco, specifically. I'm very good with Falco. Was, oh, Falco. It's Falco. not Falco punch. I, I, like, just, I just totally yeah, ruined I, my cred. Yeah, You're obviously Falcon younger than me. Uh, well. Because I'm Street Fighter 2 era. Oh, I actually competed in Street Fighter 2. Oh, so shit. Yeah. You're younger who'd, than who'd me. Who'd you mean? So this is the crazy thing. Blanca. Really? Which, yeah, because people don't win the tournaments with Blanca. Man, we're such geeks. Anyway, so I, I defeat them utterly. And they're just sort of a gog in silence as the victory screen comes up. I stand up in more happy than I have ever been mm -hmm. about anything, and I just scream, is there no one else? <laughs> I throw the controller down in excitement, and I completely ruined the controller that oh, I was man. playing. I was, it was, I, and I immediately went from super excited to, oh god, I'm so sorry, the most Still apologetic the nice person in the universe. Yes. But since that day, over the course of the next three months, unbeknownst to me, they were training themselves to beat me. <laughs> and then they challenged me again, like several months later. And they were like, we've prepared ourselves. And they like come at me and they actually do very well, but they don't win. Cause of course not. But it was a very exciting- Were you still killing yourself or did you, were they- No, that time, that time I gave them the respect of a full match and they did, okay. they killed me like once. It was very fun, but I had found out that in their dorm room where they were like all living together, I had become this weird entity to them. This like Emperor Palpatine villain that they needed right. to defeat. And I kind of feel bad for not throwing that game just to give them that Rocky moment right. or something. No. But I didn't know. Had I known, they I They probably totally... still talk about you to this day then. I hope so. Mostly for my own ego. I imagine you like walking 
past the quad or whatever, and then whispering like, "That's the guy. That mother. That's the guy. I'm gonna get him. That's the guy. Yeah, that's the guy we're telling you about." Uh, oh oh man. man! But since then, I haven't played Smash Brothers at all, just because I feel so bad about like. Damn, do you own a Switch? Getting to. Do I do own a Switch, and I'm kind of excited about Ultimate. But I feel this very like I'm retired. I kind of went out on top. Yeah. And I don't like because like the new Smashes are all like really cool looking. I don't know, man. It, it doesn't last. I know this from experience that when you go oh, back... Oh, I'm, I'm too old. I'm too old. To but the thing is, you have to keep up with practice, because I remember with Street Fighter 2, and I'm talking before Street Fighter 2 Turbo, before the whole yeah, consoles, yeah. I'm talking arcade. Oh, man. The dude who won, by the way, I lost. I got third place. First place was a dude who actually came up dressed as Rue. He's wearing like Jesus. the white D and the red thing. Second place was Guile, which was I was really surprised with. I'm so sorry. You don't, Why you don't am I mess with cosplayers, man. You don't you mess don't, with cosplayers yeah. when just, they show up to play. Bag. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Listen. I, does anyone here know what wave dashing is? Just as a. Okay, we got like three nods. Three, all right. Well, all right. Yeah. yeah. We're probably talking. We could talk video games more. We could. But instead, uh, who are we pulling up next? How about we do Alex and Justin? Do you want to come up simultaneously? Ooh, Where Justin goes. Yeah. There he is, right there in front of me. Come all on right. up. As Thank you before, so much, Jonathan. As before, multiple people must come up to replace my majesty. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. No. Sorry. I, I'm usually not arrogant, but apparently today. No. No, it's great. Thank you so much. Cheers. One more round of applause for Jonathan. Thank you so much. You want to you speed down one more? Palm Court, yeah? Yeah. How do you two know each other? We went to college together. Uh, Alex was by far the best Smash Brother player That's in true. our 700 person hippie school that consistently voted not to have televisions on campus. He was the best, and I would love to see some sort of competition. Which means I could maybe like get one hit on Jonathan over the course of an entire match, probably. The biggest fish in the smallest exactly. pond. Exactly, exactly. Since it was the only TV on campus, is according to Basically. Justin. So college, mm -hmm. so what brought you to to say like, oh, let's make a game company together? Man, I think like we we just like loved playing folk games and we played like a lot of like sort of like parlor party games with friends and so like Moniker sort of just like grew out of that and it was just sort of like an excuse for us to like stay in touch and hang out and like work on a project together. It just sort of inexplicably turned into something. It was basically you, what you're saying is how do we basically get married without getting married? I don't want this friendship to die. Exactly. And so it's like, let's get in yeah, bed we, together business-wise. Right. We realized that Kickstarter existed, and Alex emailed me and said, hey, why don't we make a game? And I said, oh, you know, <laughs> my wife's pregnant, and I have a job. Like, sure, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, this, now is the right time to do this. Nice. Again, Moniker sits the table. Pitch deck. Yeah. What, what, am I forgetting anything? Well, wavelength. In uh -huh. an hour, we're testing wavelength. a new game. So after here is Wavelength. Oh, yeah. Wavelength is an amazing game. Is it right if I give a preview? Who here doesn't know Wavelength? Like, what the hell is Wavelength? Probably Almost, everyone. Look at that. That was probably a good 100 hands up. Standing room only. All right, yeah. All right, so can we play a quick round of it just so that people understand? Sure. Should sure. we do the scale of 1 to 5? Uh, yeah, we could do scale of 1 to 5. So here's the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to give Justin number between one through five. This is going to be creepy. I'm going to do it with tapping your leg okay. in a non-offensive way. You, yeah, yeah. Do I have I, your consent? You have my consent. Here we go. On scale one to five, here we go. Now, Justin, you have to get Alex to guess the number that I just tapped you on by giving the range is going to be speed. So one is the slowest, five is the fastest. So on a scale of slow to fast. Yeah, on a scale of slow um, to fast. On a scale of slow to fast. 
Here's the interesting uh, like, thing about like this. Impulse speed. Impulse speed? Impulse speed. Impulse speed, okay, okay. Because here's the thing, it really depends on your audience too. For instance, if the number was five for me, I would say ludicrous speed. That's what I would say, if it was number five. Right, and I'm gonna say something that's gonna be a terrible clue, so I'm gonna say impulse speed. Impulse speed. Okay, so I'm thinking it's obviously not five, because five would be warp speed, for sure. Um, impulse speed is like super slow for a starship. Is it pulse speed or impulse speed? It's impulse speed as in... Your impulse. Impulse speed. Like impulse like buying. Like in I Star want Trek. That. Oh, it, it, there's a Star... Oh man, yeah. I'm giving up my yeah. geek card. Yeah. There's uh, an impulse speed in Star Trek? The, the, so the answer... judge me! Uh, the, I'm geeky enough! I just uh, talked about... Anyways. Alan, Alan the, uh, the answer is four. Four? Four. Four is correct. Four is correct! <laughs> I should have shown the audience. In hindsight, I realized I should have had you close your eyes and I should have done this. That would have been so much more interactive. Should we go to the deck or do you want some scary stories? You have a scary story? Something that happened scary to you? Uh, only this. But yeah, I'll, I'll draw a card. This is the scariest yes. story for you coming up here? You want a card? Yes. All right, let's do a card. What about you, Alex? Do you have a... I'll go card. You'll go card? Here's uh, take two cards. Read your first card, sir. Uh, everyone is gross. You are especially gross. What's the grossest thing you've ever done? Oh my, the grossest thing you've ever done. Or, you're gorgeous like a model. Let the group pose you like a mannequin and take your photo to get your portfolio started. So this would be one of the bears. So we would get to pose you. Who says we get to pose them like a mannequin? Who, who says the other one? Mannequin it is, all right. Alex, how about you do it, and for the listeners at home, I can just narrate what's going on. How's that right, go? So this, this is um, a shut up and sit down, extra super secret moniker's fourth round. So I don't know if there's, if you want to give them maybe a moniker style clue, and the audience could guess. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So what we're gonna do, since this is like monikers, we're gonna come up with a word and you have to get it. Alex is approaching Justin from behind. Justin is, is frozen. Go ahead and move him in a position. He's just twisted Justin's torso. He's kicking out his knees. Justin is squatting like he's on the toilet. Motorcycle, I'm hearing motorcycle. Any other guesses? Jet ski it is, although Alex totally cheated by doing motions behind it. But anyway, thank you so much, Justin. Alex, what are your two cards? I'll read one, here we go. We don't know why you're not a famous actor. Perform one of your favorite movie scenes for us, playing all the parts yourself. Wolf. <laughs> That's rough. That is rough. You sure you don't want to tell the scary story? Uh, I don't think so. I think all it right. would be about like Amazon fulfillment at this point. Okay. Uh, when I was 21, I saw Tom Party and the Heartbreakers at Red Rocks Amphitheater outside of Denver. It was awesome. The next day I bought tickets on eBay and went again. What experience was so incredible you repeated it over again? So what's an experience that was so good you repeated it again? Or play one of your favorite movie scenes acting out all the parts on your own which is tough to do on this stage, I think. Who says, movie scene, clap and woo. All right, clap for movie scene. Who says, tell us the story of something that you loved so much you kept on doing it over and over and over again. <laughs> well, that's pretty split. What do you think, Justin? Who, what did they clap for more? It was definitely the first one. It was definitely the movie scene? All right, you ready? All right, should we do a moniker's version of it where Justin poses <laughs> me uh, on the movie scene <laughs> and they have to guess what movie it is? Someone name a famous movie for, with a famous scene. Shout it. Titanic. Titanic! Titanic. I'm king of the world! <laughs> hey, 
Good sport. I got my charade. Thank you so much. I, I guess this is the show that really loves to punish their guests the most. <laughs> Thank you both Thank you. for coming up. Thanks so much. I can't wait Thank for you. Wavelength after this. Have fun. Alex and Justin. Yay. Popcorn Games. Yay. Who's up next? Mike, are you ready, sir? All right. Come on up, Mike. Mike Zelker, everyone. Yay. Hey. Hey. Mike, hey. really quick. What? This was fun to do last year. What? Your roster of games. We have to do this again? Yep. Uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Wow, okay, good. Adventure Very card good. game. Are we done? Or? Yeah, that was oh, dead. Okay. Because the list is so big. So big. Here's one question that you probably get all the time. What is that? Give us one of your top three games that you've made. That I made? Yeah. Uh, one like... Mm. Like my favorite, like what yeah, I like just the best. Like, mm, mm. Best thing I ever did was like this uh, is yeah, this yeah. is Mike Sellers. Best thing I ever did. Uh, I did a game called the Marvel Superheroes Adventure Game. I've done a lot of Marvel games. I love Marvel. We've done a bunch okay. of them. My favorite thing I ever did was I wrote a thing called the Reed Richards Guide to Everything, where I got to play Reed Richards uh, answering questions from kids. So what they were doing was like the concept that I, I came up with was he would get these questions to the Daily Bugle, right? And he would uh, get a question like. Why did the dinosaurs go extinct? And he would answer, they didn't. They're alive and well and living in the Savage Land, right? And it was super fun to be the world's smartest guy uh, with was all this these... A, wait, wait, this wasn't just a game. This was a legit thing where people... I wrote, no, I wrote the book. Yeah, I wrote this book. Of oh, so you would write the questions too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought it was something where kids were writing in thinking no, no, I had to make up is a kid. real thing. And I invent children. You were basically Santa Claus being like, I'll answer yeah, yeah, yeah. These, yeah. these letters, yeah. but... Oh, that's so That's cool. like my favorite thing I ever wrote. Wow. Is that still available? Can we get that, or is that... Uh, you know, it's probably downloadable in PDF from all sorts of torrent sites. What about a specific game? What do you think this is the... Uh, best thing I ever did as a game. What's uh, the first one that comes to your mind? How about yeah, that? Yeah, I think, I think my Apocrypha game is my best Apocrypha, game ever. Apocrypha, I think yeah. my best game ever. I, uh, it's gigantic, and it's just the rest, the second and third parts of it are just coming out, and people are just going to see it for the first time, but it's, it's pretty mind-blowing. Plus, because it's like a giant team with like Pat Rothfuss and... and uh, and all of our designers and all the greatest artists and stuff like that. It's, it's fantastic. When I was at Gen Con, we had the live Tuesday night podcast. Yes. And you were so kind to donate a copy of Apocrypha Did to I give know. away. Yeah, well, you know, the game company. <laughs> and it was signed by everyone involved. Yeah, it's a lot of people. <laughs> and it was just covered in signatures <laughs> yeah, yeah. and some really big deals in yeah, there. Yeah, we, we, we went all out. We, we got everybody we love. It was great. Question. Yes. Oh, wait, I have a question for you. Yeah, please. So you talked about the Assassin game earlier, right? Yes. Right? And what we have proven today is that you lost. I definitely did lose, yes. And Lindsay hasn't won. Correct. That is and correct. And Isaac killed you. Yes. He's... Why can't Lindsay kill Isaac now? Well, because we have to wait until next we meet. <laughs> but that is totally true. So yeah. that almost means that I have to protect Isaac yeah. while not letting Isaac kill me. I don't so... think, I think, I think your uh, allegiance is now viable. Yeah, it is almost like a Highlander thing. Yeah. I, 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 my money's on Lindsay to get her first kill tomorrow. I think with three of us playing, I can see this scenario <laughs> happening where it's like, dude, I'm already dead. Sorry, you're too late. Yeah, no. And then, I want that to happen. Yeah. I want to see, like, yeah! And then the person who just got to She's acting, by the way, right now she's acting all nonchalant like she's not hearing this. Isaac is quaking. <laughs> <laughs> Scary story, or would you like to hit the cards? Well, you've been, you've been hitting the cards a lot, so I'll tell the story. Okay, let's do it. Right, cool. Scary story. Uh, how much time do I got? Uh, well, it says 8.43. Yeah, okay, I got it. I want to tell a story about the only time I've ever been scared playing a game. 
Okay. I was running a table of an RPG called Top Secret. It's a spy game. It's pretty great. It was one of those tables where everybody at the table was a, like an amazing level role player. Like they were just the top, right? And I'm sitting at the head of the table and I got two guys, you know, and then the one guy in the back, right? And they're all like trying to outdo each other because it's competition. Whoever's the best role player, I'm going to give them a prize, right? And so uh, they are talking and laughing at each other and all that. And I just sort of lose track of the guy at the far end of the table who's like this 300 pound guy named Randall. And so I finally like come to my senses. I'm like, I should be nice to everybody, right? So I say, well, Randall, uh, what do you do? And he says, well, the first thing I do is I stand up and I go to Mike Selinker's house and I murder him and I murder his dog. And to show what that's like, he comes around the table and he literally picks me up, picks me physically into the air. You're sitting down. I am sitting down, but no longer. Picks me physically into the air. And as he's closing his monologue, his Al Capone-like monologue, he lays me directly onto the table and says, I murder his whole family, and places me down. And he says, and that's what I do. And I go, so uncomfortable, so scared. I know, and I'm sitting there, I'm literally in the middle of the RPG table, right? Like I am now a, a Thanksgiving turkey, dressed for dinner, and everybody else around the table, of course, now is very quiet. As I say, well that works, and I go back, and I sit down next to him and continue running the adventure. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, yes. So, that is the only time that I can remember that I have ever been scared playing a tabletop game. I've asked many people the scariest experiences they've had while playing games. Almost all of them, role-playing games. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's the immersion. You get, being well, there. I got pretty immersed. Yeah, that's... I, I, my elevation changed several times I have times so many questions as far as... <laughs> How threatened were you? Like, was he was, he, look, I, okay, I am not necessarily the thinnest human being at the moment. Like, I wouldn't I, mess with I'm you. Like, but yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, a, I'm like 190 pounds, right? I was like 18 years old, so I was like 145 soaking wet. Oh, okay. And this guy, this guy was a human bear. Like, he was physically, like, like one arm he could curl me. Wow. He, um, he got the attention he deserved. Well, I apologize, Mike. I could have you up for an entire episode. I think I that's a mistake. I've been too loose with my time. So yeah. let's give a hand for Mike Seliger, everybody, and that amazing, scary story. Thank you very much. Thank you very oh, much. wait, wait. I have one thing I have to do. Let's do it. I have to bring the room down for a second. We had a significant event in the gaming industry today. We actually lost uh, one of the great RPG writers of all time. Uh, Greg Stafford passed away. If you played Call of Cthulhu, one of the greatest games of all time. It's the one I've played the most, actually, yeah. of all the role-playing uh, games. He worked with Sandy Peterson to make it. Passed away today. One of the all-time greats, gentlemen, likable human being. Sadly passed away, but uh, so I figured we ought to say thanks to him for doing all the great things and giving us Call of Cthulhu. It was fantastic. All right, I'm out. All right. Pip, cheer us up. <laughs> With that, we're gonna have Pip come up. Hey, everyone, Pip War. <laughs> Pip, thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Hey, <laughs> how's the show going for you? Really good. 
excellent. Yeah. I captained a starship. I, uh, th that's pretty much all I've done. But, you know, it went well. You did the opening ceremony as well? Oh, yes. yes. I, I told people about balloons. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's get to the chase. Cards or story? Last year, you told You've us a story. You've heard my story, the haunted apple bag. Yes, so, uh, absolutely. Yes, I will, I will cards. Do the cards? Yes. Here we go, the cards. <laughs> go ahead, choose two. Which Birth one would you like two. me to read? The blue. The blue. Yeah. We all get nostalgic sometimes. What do you miss most about being younger? And what's your card? Okay. I was nearly 30 when the cashier at the grocery store said to me, I feel like people our age eat out a lot. You're like 22, right? When has a stranger made your day? Should we have Pip talk about what she misses about being young? Great clap if you think that. <laughs> All right. And yours was? Mine was, um, when has a stranger made your day? When has a stranger made your day? That's everybody else. All right. Do you know when a stranger's made your day? Oh, goodness. Um, I actually, I really love just chatting to people. And so I just have um, a lot of times when I will interact with somebody and it will just really lift my mood. So I, I know that that feels like a real cop-out answer, but it's genuinely one of the nicest things that I get to do. And so at a place like this, it's just non-stop. You're surrounded by strangers that feel they know you. Yeah. So it has to feel amazing. It's like... I walked down the length of the room and people were just like, hi! And I'm like, this must be what it's like to live in a children's storybook. <laughs> like, I've, said I've said this so many times, the attendees at Shucks this year and last year, top notch. Yeah. Top notch. Oh, I don't know what so it is good. that you're doing that it's making it so such an amazing show. By the way, David in the audience, David, would you mind standing up for a sec? David is that stranger for me. <laughs> this is what David said. Hopefully you don't mind, David. Best compliment ever got. I've got a lot of people say, I love Two Rooms and a Boom, your game. David came up and said, Two Rooms and a Boom is the game that made me fall in love with gaming. Oh, oh my god. was like, what? I didn't <laughs> play games besides the mainstream Monopoly and whatnot. Oh, oh yeah. that's so good. Yeah, so thank you for making my David. I even told him that made my day. So thank oh. you. And also all of the people who uh, I recognized from last year, it's so good to see people come back again. But I suppose then they're not strangers, but like right. it, it, they're not people that I know personally. So to know that they had a good time and have come back, it's, oh, it's so good. Here's the imposter syndrome that I have because I panic. I really enjoy the fans. And when someone comes up, this is basically my canned response. I know we've met. I'm so sorry, I don't remember your name, that kind of thing, but you must get that as well. So, sorry about that. Yeah, and you sometimes take a punt at it, and then I've learned not to do that. If it's wrong, it just it doesn't feel great if you're the person. So, yeah, I try and sort of, uh, yeah. oh. Sorry. Hi, Susie. You're like, oh. What's your next event that you're doing? Uh, so tomorrow morning we've got the signing and things. So that's the. So you're doing the signing tomorrow. So that's the next official thing. But the thing that I'm probably going to do with the rest of my evening is go to uh, the date night gaming with your significant uh -huh, other thing. yes. So yeah, and I was thinking like if there's, I was saying to Isaac earlier, if there's like a, a Q and A, it will be. So say hypothetically, if you want to meet your partner halfway with their Warhammer hobby. 
but you also really want to include your favorite T-Rex dinosaur toy, Allison, in your army, and they do not think that this is part of the law that is acceptable. How do you navigate this? <laughs> this seems very specific. No, no, it's, it's a thing Total that I think a lot of people will actually find really relevant to their gaming lives. And I swear, at least eight people have asked me about it just today. You I swear mean, by that. I, well, sometimes the dinosaur changes. I will say there have been three T Rexes, two Triceratopses, and several Styracosauruses, but you know. Absolutely. Yay. Pip, thank you so much. <laughs> no We're worries. almost out of time, so we got to bring in a few more people. You're amazing. Thank you. You. All right, Efka, you ready? Come on up here. Who, who here has seen No Pun Included? Anyone? Yay! No Pun Included. Do I sit here? Yes, right here would be great. Hello, Finish. Alan. Hey, it's good wow, to see you. Wow, that's loud. I'm gonna stand You're supposed back. to, it's supposed to. Well, here, okay. There you go. How'd your whole event thing go over there? Stressful, but good, I think. I enjoyed myself. I like to hear Elaine singing and playing songs. She's good. She is good. She yeah. is good. I'm glad I was booted out. I was supposed to be on that, where Elaine plays a song, mm -hmm. and then the panel is supposed to guess the song, and I thought, man, my imposter syndrome is going to be through the roof in there. My games, I am very, I've played very specific games. And, yeah. Because I've watched, I've wa I watch your show, and I've tried to participate at home while they're playing songs. No, I'm horrible at it. Horrible. Paul, you were on it. Was it hard? Good. Did, did, yeah. Did anyone get any of them right? Yeah, most of them, actually. There was only one false step, and that was Paul's false step. <laughs> I'm glad it went well. Efka, scary story, or would you like Tooth or Bear cards? Yeah, let's, let's do Tooth or Bear, yeah. You're doing Tooth or Bear? All right, here we go. Choose two cards. Any by two. Any two, give me one, I'll read. How's this going, by the way? Is this a, you guys like Tooth or Bear? Good. People who say they don't have any stress in their lives are liars. How have you dealt with a stressful situation lately? So basically, what's the most recent thing you've done to deal with stress, and what's yours? Uh, we would really like to, but we can't stay in bed all day. Act out your morning routine for us. Ooh, act out the morning routine, or tell us how you deal with stress. Who says, please tell us how you deal with stress? Clap your hands. Look at that, that's a good 823 people. All right, how about act out your morning routine? Oh, that's a good 921 people. Can you pass me that cup and water? All right, so I'm gonna narrate it if you want. You, you have to pretend that this is, this is a caffeinated beverage of any kind, really. It doesn't matter. Tea, coffee, and it does pour very slowly because you're like, when is this tea going to be ready? Then it's ready, and then I put it down on the table, and then I do that. Before you even drink it. And that's and your morning routine. That is literally my morning routine. Hey, thank you very much for your morning routine, Efka. It's not the most interesting one, but... What happens to that? Do you actually end up drinking it? Yeah, I wake up eventually, and it's, it's cold, cold and it's then cold. I drink it because I need the caffeine. I'm not a morning person, can you tell? I can tell. Yeah. I hope I'm not getting too personal, but I hear you and Elaine are married. Have been for nine years. Nice work. Marriage. Pandering to the audience. Marriage, nine years. Here's the thing. Does she know your morning routine pretty well, then? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I think so. She Does she ever try to help you as far as bring it to your lips before you pass out, or is it just one of the accepted things that you like to sleep before no, you No, she it? goes to work way earlier than I do, okay. so, yeah. So she's gone. and Yeah, she's gone, and then I wake up. I'm sorry we're short on time. That's Efka, right. I'm glad you showed us your morning routine. Thank you so much, Efka.
And we either have time for one more person. Paul, did you want to come up? Come on up, Paul Dean. Paul, I haven't even gotten to talk to you yet this con. Hi. Well, you can now. I'm right here. Yeah, it's weird. I almost just want to converse with you as we usually really? Let's do. Let's do it. What do you want to talk about? How are things? Yeah, it's fine. I'm tired. Fine. Yeah, lots when, of things to do. When did you get in? Uh, October the 5th, which was a few days ago and acclimatized. But then this morning I woke up at 6.30 and then my head was like, oh, you got to open a con. Don't go back to sleep. So I just lay there in bed going, what would make me go back to sleep? What would, how would I relax? How would I go back to sleep? Oh, it's 8 o'clock. You told us at the opening ceremony you don't have stress dreams, but what I'm now realizing is because you're awake. That's why you don't have stress yes. dreams is because the stress wakes you up. As a serious thing, I generally don't have very much experience of anxiety, and I wouldn't say I'm a person who has suffered from it much or encountered it much. It's occasionally happened, but like other friends of mine have it very often and they talk about it, and it seems like a very kind of alien concept to me, but it's clearly a very common thing for other people to deal with. Just so you know, talking as a psychologist, the most common disorder in women is anxiety disorders. The most common disorder in men is alcoholism. Wow. So the understanding is most of the population that is clinical are suffering from anxiety. The only difference is men are self-medicating. That's amazing, that is a superpower. I feel glib now about just not being super panicked about things. I'm often, I don't know, I worry about stuff, I get concerned, but not in a way that, uh, you know, I'll go to bed at night and usually just fall asleep. You said that you were awake because you were stressed, that's, nervous? Well, that's the only thing, yeah. There is a thing where sometimes if I wake up and it's that level of like your brain is engaged and it's like, well, I could sleep for another hour, but I've got all these things to do and I could probably do more things. So even your stress is chill is basically what you're telling me, like, ah, I've got these things, maybe, I don't know, but you can't sleep? It, yeah, and it, I had at that point already slept for six hours, so that's oh, not okay. a terrible amount of sleep, you right. know, all things considered, especially for me with a, a chap with pretty erratic sleep patterns. What's your favorite animal, Paul? It's a difficult question because domestically dogs are excellent, but True. in the wild, bears are excellent. Bears. But underwater, sharks are excellent and fascinating and millions of years old. So you have categories there. It's very specific. It's dogs domestically, bears yeah. out in the wild, but in the water, sharks. Yeah, because they, although like polar bears, like if a polar bear is in the water, it outranks a shark. Oh, man. That's a really good point. Because they swim very well, and black bears swim very well as well. Well, what I was fishing for was, would you like to play tooth or bear? I knew you were going to say that, yeah. Yeah, you want yeah. to? You yeah. sure? Yeah. You sure about this? Oh, yeah. I only have four cards left. Go ahead and choose two. You know those memes where kids throw fits because their shirt is blue instead of light blue? Now you can be one too. Throw a childlike fit about something perfectly reasonable. <laughs> oh, the audience is laughing at that one. Good luck. I've got a very short, succinct, sincere one here that says, let's get deep. Describe how love feels to you. This is tough. That's tough. Describe how love feels or throw a childlike fit. Obviously, that's a truth, a tooth, we should say, and this one's a bear. Who says, act out a childlike fit over nothing? Who says, let's get deep and talk about what love really means? There's been so many definitions of love. I know Xena Warrior Princess says love is nothing but nature tricking you into reproduction. Dr. Doom once said love is like compassion. These things are only for lesser men. 
what is love to you? Wow, well, you've quoted two of my favorite philosophers there, yes. and I have a whole degree in philosophy. Wow, this is... I was not ready to be this you sincere. I asked this, you if you wanted to... I the, did this to you. <laughs> He's uh, the, Mike's the one who picked this card for you. Yeah, in Greek. I'm trying to help you out a little bit. They say there's five different types of yes, love. Yes, they do. And what are those different types of love? Like there's brotherly like love? Brotherly, erotic... Um, That's it, right? Yeah. Brother, no. Brother erotic. I think like love for a child, which is different yes, than brotherly paternal. love, right? And maybe... I think there's even love for an occupation passion for work. Let's just come up with our own then. Which kind of love do you think really jives with you recently? Well, the, the, looking at the word and thinking about it, I just immediately, it makes me think of relationships. Okay. And that might be because... I try to save you, but you just jump no, right back fine. in. Okay. Be, if I'm going to be sincere, like I know what I love in life in terms of things that I do. I know what I love in terms of my family relationships, I know who I like there. I know that I love my friends. The relationship side of my life is not a thing that's happening right now, so I think about that a bit more. And I do sometimes bump into people and go, this is an interesting person, how's this gonna go? And sometimes it goes and sometimes it doesn't. All right, being quite serious, the work that I do and the life situation I'm in, I work quite a bit, sometimes at the expense of other things. And I've been living in Canada, and then going back to the UK while I wait mm -hmm. for... It's like my life is not in a place where I bump into people who are compatible with that, which is kind of a shame. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. They're, or they're not the right kind of people because it, the thing that makes me jealous is sometimes you bump into people, they're both at like transient points in their lives and they find ways to be transient together. But that hasn't yet. It's either like I'm transient and someone else isn't or vice versa or borders are not a big deal until suddenly borders are a big deal and they get in, in the way of a You're relationship. You're so transient, long story you have short. With someone. Yeah, it, it's, it, yeah. It's like we could have a great relationship for a week, but I have to go somewhere or you, know, you don't know how long it's going to last. Some people can buy into that. Some people can't. Yeah. And that's tough on top of you being so busy. So I didn't do a psychology panel this time at Shucks. I did mm -hmm. last time with Matt. Would you like me to tell you some social psychology about attraction and love? Okay. They say that there's six factors to attraction. What makes someone most attractive? And the number one reason, I'll just say that because we have, we have to go. The number one, and I'm not trying to break your heart here, is proximity. Meaning you're more likely to marry your neighbor than almost anyone else because the most attractive thing is how close someone is physically you're to you. Very close to me right now. Yeah. You're the closest person to me in this whole convention. That's true. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Paul, I have uh, really high hopes. I think you probably hear this all the time, but I totally go for you, but we, we can't. You're too transient, you're too busy, and I'm married, so maybe otherwise. That's awkward enough. Thank you so much. You know it's bad when other people's faces are going red for you. So awkward. Paul, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for allowing this to happen. Shucks is amazing. I know it's a whole team effort, but you're part of that team. Oh, I mean, this year, not being in Canada to help arrange so much of this has felt so different because it was like Chris and I birthed this last year, and then this is like almost the grandchild or the child of that, but it's been a lot more Chris and Lisa this time, and they won't take credit for that, but... You know, whenever anyone runs into Chris and Lisa in any context, they have poured their like their soul and their blood into the foundations of this. So yeah, yeah. Let's give a round of applause for Shucks.
Let's give another round of applause for Jennifer Abulli for her game, Toother Bear. Thank you for basically saving the show. I'm excited about Wavelength coming up next. Thank you for letting us take up a little bit of your setup time. Appreciate that. And then last but not least, you, Paul. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you. And thank all thank of you, you for being knaves, knights, and listeners alike. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. That's the Shucks episode. Before we go, I wanted to point something out. That last interview with Paul Dean totally shocked me, floored me, because he tackled the question about love with so much sincerity, and I think that's what makes Paul Dean such an amazing individual. Anybody who meets Paul instantly feels like they've known him for a long time because he has this unique ability to be so sincere and genuine. This is probably exactly why Paul Dean is so beloved in the industry. Many friends, many views on YouTube with his shut up and sit down reviews, and basically compliments all over the place. But after this interview with Paul, and after the Shuck show, Paul publicly announced that he was stepping down from shut up and sit down, leaving the team. It totally makes sense with this question that we asked him because it was obvious his life was so busy and so frantic that he was missing some of his needs and wants, which he truly desires and honestly deserves. His answer to our tooth or bear question was so honest and so sincere that it flabbergasted me. I was floundering around like a fish out of water, trying to react instead of just calming down and being more human and recognizing that Paul was being absolutely honest and truthful that he wants more out of life. Perhaps that's why Paul is so well-liked and has received so many views and accolade and <laughs> even just friends in the industry. He brings so much heart to anything he does, which is why I'm very confident that Paul, no matter where he goes from this point on, whether it's in the board gaming industry or not, no matter the content or the targeted audience for his writings, I know in my heart, he's going to do so well, no matter where life takes him. Paul Dean will always be surrounded by so many people that genuinely care for him because Paul Dean genuinely cares for everybody. So consider this my farewell love letter to Paul Dean. He's going to do so well. I'm really excited for him. And I just really want to thank Paul Dean for all the goodness and warmth that he's brought to our gaming industry. And I want to thank you, the listeners, for listening to this episode. I think with all of this being said, this episode is... Yeah!